0: This is Bethel Online. Welcome home. This is the next best thing to being at Bethel on Sundays. We are driven by making disciples of Jesus who make disciples. When you're online, interact with us on Facebook and Instagram. When you're in Barhead, Alberta, drop in Sundays to Friday. Our goal on this podcast is to ask questions, challenge certainty, and grow a relationship with Jesus so you can go the distance and bring others with you. Thank you for tuning in.
1: So there are five stools on the platform, and five uh, people are going to come and join me right now. Um, And as they're making their way up, just a couple of things. First of all, for all of you who are guests, um, you heard Prakash talk about the connect card that you should have received when you came in. Uh, If you just take a moment and fill that out, we'll give you direction in a few minutes uh, as to how to take the next step with that. And if you happen to not get a card, and if you're watching online, uh, we'd love to have you connect with us. Uh, You can simply text, Uh, the word hello to the number you see on the screen 780-707-5569 when you text that if you're watching online please let us know where you're watching from Uh, that would be fantastic we would love to be able to connect with you so thank you for watching thank you for being here thank you for connecting guests in fact if you're in the house uh, and you want to connect and you don't have a card just text hello to the number that you see on the screen you know we'd love to stay in touch with you all week long And the beauty of the internet allows social media to help people connect. And so uh, we have a number of different ways to do that. You see on the screen right now our Facebook page. Uh, We post once a day to our Facebook page, and we'd love to have you join in on the conversation. In fact, if you have your smart device with you, you may want to just log in right now if you haven't logged into Bethel's Facebook page before. Uh, And let your friends know about that as well. And we also have a, a new Instagram account. And so we're going to be populating uh, that Instagram account with images uh, that you'll see in the services. And uh, Taylor Kent is going to be helping us. Uh, She's uh, creating, taking pictures during our services, creating HD quality images of what life at Bethel is like. You know, when people are on the outside of our facility, they don't really know what goes on in here. And the more that we can help them see you and other people, uh, all the better. And so appreciate Taylor helping us do that and to, to populate uh, our Instagram account. As well, we have a Uversion account uh, that um, allows people to be live right now. And so it, it has uh, devotional readings, scripture readings. But every Sunday, there'll be notes, some videos, uh, an outline of what's going on today, as well as a link to our live broadcast. So... Um, Facebook, Instagram, and online through version. We'd love to have you connect that way. So two months ago, when I was brand new to Bethel, um, I decided I would ask, first I'd find five people that uh, could take five minutes each and share a message on Thanksgiving. So each of the five on the platform are the people that I picked. And so they've had a little bit of time to prepare and to think I gave each one of them the same scripture verse. It comes uh, from the book of uh, Thessalonians. It's a New Testament book. And I asked them if they would just read about the verse and then think about it. So here at Bethel, we read the Bible so that we can know how to follow Jesus. And what we're going to hear this morning from each of these five individuals is how they're following Jesus, uh, stories from their life. I love stories. And they're personal to each one on the platform. And I believe this. I think if you lean in, And if you listen closely to what they say i think you'll not only hear their voices but that you would hear god speak to you today i expect that to happen the five different people five different messages five minutes each and as you lean into this time i think something very powerful and very spiritual and very helpful can happen in all of our lives so we've got hannah and darren and jonathan and julie and cheyenne and they're going to come in a moment and start uh, to share And we got the mic here. I'm going to give it to Hannah first. She has come the furthest to be here. Uh, Would you please uh, welcome them as they come to share this morning? God bless you.
2: Good morning, Bethel. My name is Hannah Raju, and it's a pleasure to be with you this morning. So I'm going to start with a little introduction about myself. I am currently a grade one teacher at Gateway Christian School in Red Deer, And I absolutely love my job. I love working with the students I work with. They're adorable. They never um, fail to tell me how much they love me and how crazy my hair is that day. (laughs) They are very honest. (laughs) I also come from a family of eight. I have two amazing parents and five siblings. Um, I have a sister who's pretty much my best friend and four um, really great brothers. I was also brought up in this church. And I love coming here. I love coming back and um, visiting you guys, and um, this church just really feels like home to me, so I really love it. And um, last but not least, I really value relationships. Um, I just really love people and love connecting with people, and um, most importantly, I just really value my relationship with God and investing in that, into that relationship. So I'm going to start off by um, going through the verse that we're going to be discussing this morning. And that's rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that's 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18. So this verse means a lot to me because I truly believe that we are called to continually rejoice and give thanks and pray often and and this is a daily thing. Um, And I believe that we are asked to do this even in the good times and in the bad times. So this is something for me, or I guess I should tell you the part of the verse that really sticks out to me the most in this. The part of the verse that really sticks out to me is to give thanks in all circumstances. Now for me, giving thanks wasn't something that was really hard for me. I, it usually came naturally. I love to give thanks. So it wasn't really hard for me until I actually went through a difficult time myself. So about a year ago, from last February, I felt called to start a gratitude journal with the hope of um, eventually reaching a 1,000 things I was thankful for. Now, I had no idea the types of changes and hardships that would come about in my life uh, very soon after starting the journal, about a month. Um, To me, it's just so incredible how God actually prepares us for every season in our life. And for me, the gratitude journal was just that. Now, for my gratitude journal, I decided I'd write about two or three things a day that I was thankful for. Now, this is something I would really, really encourage all of you to do, whether it is a gratitude journal like I did or even just taking a few minutes a day to just reflect on the things that you're thankful for. It's something I highly recommend because it really changes your your mindset and just the way you think and the way you view life. So this is something I would really encourage. Now, I'll be honest, there were some days I really struggled to find something I was thankful for, even for the day, like, I was just, there were days I struggled, but I was very quickly reminded that I have so much to be thankful for, because when I can't, when even, even when I can't see it, I know God is working and moving in, in my life in such a real and powerful way. Now, he's actually the one that really put me back together and helped me through one of the most difficult times in my life, like, when there there were times when I just felt like I didn't even feel like myself anymore. I just felt like my life was just shattered in a million pieces on the floor, and it it hurt a lot. But God was the one who just really um, worked with me through it and and uh, carried me through it. And so He's He's really amazing. Now for me, something that I've often really struggled with is the thought of giving thanks in all circumstances. So like I always felt like yeah I I'll be I'll be thankful or I'll have I'll I'll have a good attitude in, a diffi- in difficult times and tough times. I can have a good attitude, but why would I give thanks for something that's been causing me so much pain? Like, why would I wh- be thankful for that if it, I felt like it was crushing me? Now, as I looked into this further, I realized that we give thanks because in every circumstance, in every situation, those, those situations are actually playing a part in God's will for us and who he's created us to be. He uses the great times and especially the hard times to really mold and make us into the best person we can be. And I've really seen this happen in my own life. And for that, I really think that we can be thankful. Be thankful. Now, as I'm reading this verse, I've decided that I do choose God's will for my life. And I choose to be thankful through every situation. I I choose gratitude. I believe that living this way and choosing these things for your life is the only way to really live the most abundant life God has for you. And God wants each of us to live an abundant life. So I I know just like watching and looking back over my, my life and some of the things that I've been through, I know like I haven't been through the hardest times, but I've been through some difficult times. And I know that they were hard, but yet God really molded me in those times, and I'm so happy the per- to see the person I am today. And it's not because of me. It's because of what God has done in my life, and I'm just so thankful to be able to see, see the, the progress now and see what he's done in my life now. So I want to live the life God is calling me to, and I really hope that you will also choose this. And for those of you who are curious, if I reached my goal of a 1,000 things I was thankful for, Yes, I have. I I reached my goal of 1,000 things in February, but I am now at 2,200 things I am thankful for, and counting, um, just because God is so good. So that's all I have for you today. Thank you.
3: Good Good morning, everybody. You can tell that Hannah is a school teacher, and I'm hoping that I can get through this. Probably the oldest one on this platform, and I know for sure. Um, For the ones that don't know me, I'm Darren Bloom, and I've been raised in this church. I have a wonderful wife and three amazing children. I'm thankful for them. As a verse that you guys know that we're talking about this morning, today I would like to share about the three verses that are found in 1 Thessalonians 5 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continually. And give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I believe in these three verses it tells us right off the bat that we're supposed to be happy all the time. That we're supposed to pray all the time. And we're supposed to give thanks in any situation that we're facing. And as the final instructions that Paul wrote to us in these three verses, I find that they are quite amazing and they remind me on certain times in my life that I think take God for granted. And find out that when things are going really good, I often forget how I got here in the first place. There was times in my life that I wasn't proud of. The end of my high school years, Alcohol was a big play in my life. And I want to thank my parents for praying continually and um, keeping God on my footsteps and watching over me. I changed my life around and dedicated my life to jesus not too long after high school i look at verse 17 and pray continually as a way of saying thank you to god for all the good times and for his strength that he's given me for his direction in my life as i raise my family we often forget that we forget to say thank you to God when things are good and we only come to him when things are going really bad. After pondering over these verses and reading them, I'm hoping that you can relate to one or all three of these verses. After we leave this place and celebrate Thanksgiving with family or friends that in some way we can all rejoice with them, that we can pray with them, and that we can give thanks in all circumstances.
0: Uh, good morning, my name is Jonathan, and uh, I've been attending uh, Bethel for most of my life. Uh, I'm married to my beautiful wife, uh, Brianna, Uh, Let me see here. So this is a picture of Brianna and I on our honeymoon, and also a baby that we're expecting on January 4th. So we're really excited about that. Thank you. Um, Who here likes random trivia? Anyone? All right. Um, All right, who knows what the shortest verse in the Bible is? Just call it out if you do. All right, Jesus wept. Yes, and who can give me a reference? Anyone? Not John 3.16, no. (laughs) All right. Um, Here we go. John 11.35, Jesus wept. Um, Now, this is an accurate answer, but it's not necessarily the only accurate answer that you could give. For instance, does anyone have an NIV Bible translation with you? Uh, If you do, you will find that uh, Job 3.2 is even shorter. Um, All other translations will throw an and in there, making it longer. Um, And this is only for English translations, so if you guys have a, if you look in Greek or Hebrew, you'll notice, so this is John 11.35, Jesus wept, but you'll notice that 1 Thessalonians 5.16 is even shorter. Um, And that verse is rejoice always. So, um, yeah. And you'll notice the contrast. Notice between these two short verses. Jesus wept and rejoice always. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, that contrast. Uh, I could try to explain one of them away. Uh, I could try to say something trite and simple. Maybe that Jesus wept so that we wouldn't have to. Something like that. But I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. Let me try to explain. I think, in fact, that we can have both of these. In fact, I believe that the Bible commands us that at certain times, at least, we should weep and mourn. For instance, uh, Ecclesiastes says that there's a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. And I know you might say that that's just in the Old Testament, but if we look in the New Testament, we see blessed are those who mourn on the Sermon on the Mount. We also see that we're to rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. We're also told that if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And so the question is, which one is it? Are we to rejoice always, as 1 Thessalonians says, or are we to do it sometimes, as these verses seem to imply? And I think that in a sense, the answer is we're to do both. Let me try to explain this. Uh, Paul wrote in Philippians 4.4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, making that very emphatic. And this is the same Paul who writes in Romans that... I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish. Notice the difference here. Rejoice always, unceasing anguish. So which was it? Which was he doing? And again, I think it was a bit of both. Um, In 2 Corinthians 6.10, I believe Paul explains this a little bit. He says that Christians live as sorrowful yet always rejoicing. And he puts them both together, saying that it's possible to do both. Um, and in fact, I think that's what Paul was doing. He felt uh, such joy when he accepted Christ and encountered him. He felt he had this relationship with God, all this amazing stuff happening in his life. And because of that joy, he also felt incredible sadness that he had anguish for his fellow Jews who uh, were ge- rejecting their only hope for eternal life. Uh, on September 3rd uh, of this year at 1.45, I, I went to the Barhead Hospital um, only 15 minutes after my Oma had passed away, and, uh, and I, can have, I had what I could describe as maybe a pit in my stomach when I saw her lifeless body there at the hospital, um, and then later went on and talked to family. And as I was leaving the hospital, I, I thought of this verse that I was supposed to be speaking on, Rejoice always. And I thought, uh, um, I'm about to say that in front of everyone, Rejoice always. And I knew it was in context, I knew it was in the Bible, and I knew I should obey it. And then I thought of that other verse Jesus wept. And I thought, if he could weep over the death of a loved one, why can't I? But I didn't weep because I knew I was going to be standing in front of all of you and saying, Rejoice always. As Paul says elsewhere, again I say, Rejoice. Um, But today I think that uh, I was wrong in my thinking. Because I rejoiced in uh, the memories of my Oma, I was able to weep that she was with us no longer. And uh, also because she was no longer here on earth, uh, it reminds me where she is, and I can have joy knowing that I will one day be with God as well. Uh, I believe that uh, a Christian's life and witness should be marked by unexplainable and immeasurable joy, but not denying pain. Others don't want our pain, but they also don't want just a plastic smile that we might put on. I think one of the most amazing Thanksgiving verses of all time is one we recite often when we take communion. Uh, it's said by Jesus. He says that on the night he wa- when he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks. So here in one of the most difficult times of his earthly life, he was giving thanks to God, and that takes a supernatural work of the Spirit to do something like that. When God helped me understand uh, what I'm talking to you guys about today, I was about 100 yards away from where my Oma had lived for pretty much all of my growing up life, and for the first time I was able to cry, because I realized that I could be sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. And uh, In conclusion, I just want to read to you a quote that I later found from uh, uh, John Piper, uh, who had, I think, a similar understanding of this passage, and uh, I know this is Thanksgiving, and when you guys uh, get together uh, with many of our traditions around a meal, uh, with our family, our friends, our loved ones, uh, I want you to put this in the context of that. Here's what the quote says. So picture yourself now at a table, at your favorite restaurant across from a person that you love you'd give their life your life for them in a minute in a minute you jump in front of a train or take a bullet for them in a minute you're sitting across the table from them at your favorite restaurant they've heard you share the gospel with them and they've rejected it and you say to them i want so bad for you to believe and god gives you the grace of tears deep love i want so bad for you to believe I want you to be a follower of Jesus. I want you to have eternal life. I want us to be together forever with Jesus. I don't want to lose you. I don't think I can bear this like a stone I carry in my chest. What is that? What's that? That's sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. And it may be a gift they've never heard before. It's not chipper. That's the last thing they need right now is something trite. They don't need anything like that. They don't need your pain, and they don't need your painless joy. They need both. That's what's so unusual. That's what's so tangy. That's what's so bright. That's what the world needs from the church, sorrowful yet always rejoicing. God bless.
4: Good morning, everyone. My name is Julie Bloom. Um, For those of you who do not know our church well, there are a fair few of us Blooms here. Um, So... Uh, I did not grow up in this church, Um, I married in, my husband Greg, uh, almost 10 years ago. We have four beautiful children, a boy and three girls, all under the age of six. Um, So we're busy, but that's okay. Um, I am a physical and occupational therapy assistant, a massage therapist, I am a mom, I am a farmer's wife, I am many different titles, but I am also very proud to say that I am a work in progress Christian. I am constantly changing, constantly learning and constantly growing. Um, I I do have a funny note, though, and I'm going to kick my heels off as I say this. This past week, Pastor Bob had sent us a message saying, you know, some instructions, and in there he said, dress in something you're comfortable with. Anyone who knows me, (laughs) this morning as I'm getting dressed, I am longingly looking at my sweatpants and oversized hoodie, but instead decided to bring you guys a little sunshine on this rainy day. So, (laughs) Um, Okay, so this past... Year, well sorry i should go back to the verse um the rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances for this is god's will for your life in christ jesus as i was trying to pick what side part of this verse to talk about i was in the basement with greg and i was like rejoice always yeah, yeah, I, could, yeah I could think of some stuff to talk about on that pray continually. i'm just going to skip that give thanks in all circumstances you know yeah, i could talk on that for this is god's will god's will you know i could talk on that And it dawned on me, oh, no, God, you are calling me to talk on the one I wanted to skip. So today I'm talking on praying continually. Uh, This past summer, I volunteered in the kitchen for VBS. And our theme for the day was when life is sad, when life is scary, when life is unfair, when life changes, and when life is good, that God is good. And so as I was talking to the kids, I had a little note card, but usually by the time I was done talking, I was just on a roll, and I wasn't looking at it anymore. And I always seemed to end up saying, God is always with you. You always have him. You can be scared. You can be lost. You can be anything. You can be caught in a dark closet where you can't read. You can't do anything but you still got God in your heart. You can always pray. You always, always have someone to talk to. You are never 100% alone. And I just thought, I was like, you know what? I have to bring that up today because that's praying continually. That's having him there with you all the time, having that constant companion that you can be cooking supper and you can be going, you know, God, it was a pretty fantastic day today. And you know, you did a really good job fattening up this ham for me. Thank you. Like, you can be praying about everything. You can pray continually. Um, so uh, the story I actually would like to share with you, um, some of you may know, but again, some of you do not know me. So it's, uh, it was a pretty hard time in our life. It was a scary time. About three years ago, we were going on a family camping trip, a big family reunion with the Blooms. And we had just gotten there. And you know the hecticness when you get to a campsite, you know, Get the kids out of the car. Greg's backing it up, trying to get it straight. And, you know, you're talking because you're excited to see everyone. And there's just, there's mayhem everywhere. There was a storm coming up. So my oldest, Carson, had said, hey, Mom, can I go in their trailer to get out of the wind with all the other boys? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Didn't really think anything of it. So again, we're we're kind of unpacking, trying to do things. And as Carson is climbing into the trailer to take his shoes off, he puts his hand up to brace himself, and a gust of wind comes, catches the door, and slams it shut. Um, My friend whose trailer it was went up, opened the door, Carson, are you okay? And he's standing there with these two fingers bleeding, and literally the tips, except for little pieces of skin on this side, were cut off. The tip of his middle finger was broken. So she grabs me, and Julie, Julie, Carson's hurt. So I come running over, I grab him, and the first thought that goes in my head is, oh my word, my first aid kit is in the back of my trailer, and our trailer is stuffed from back to front. I'm like, I can't get to my first aid kit. What do I do? I yell at Greg, Greg, we got to go to the hospital now. We got to go. I start yelling at Greg's mom because she's a couple trailers down. You got to watch Corey. And I see a wave from the trailer. So I knew it was all good. And so we jumped in, Greg quickly unhooked the truck, and we were gone. I was holding Carson in my lap, keeping pressure, pressure on the fingers, and he is screaming. He was in pain. He was scared. Greg is an excellent driver, and he proved it that day because he was going very fast, and we were getting to the hospital, and I was, I was losing it. I was just like, what am I doing? What, what are we going to do? Oh, my word. I don't, I don't know how to handle this. just trying to keep that pressure, keep him, calm him, but I could tell if I'm, I'm going nuts. And then it hit me, literally like a sledgehammer in my chest, pray and I just sat there I was like oh well duh yeah why not so we started praying and these were not fancy prayers this was God help us God please be here God please protect us and as we're praying this and we're praying this out loud with Carson he's saying the words with me the whole truck just we calmed Carson stopped crying he was still in pain he was still scared but he he wasn't freaking out anymore. He wasn't trying to squirm out of my lap. He was just, he settled. I calmed down. Greg was still driving excellently fast, but he was calm. And we made our way to the hospital and we thought, okay, so we got there. thinking now we're here, this is awesome. We're going to get the help we need. So we go in, they x-ray, they find that his fingers are broken. And then come to tell us, okay, you have to go to the stallery and they'll see if they can help. Okay, we don't have an ambulance for you right now. Okay. And so we sat there. We're like, well, how long will we have to wait? And uh, Greg's memory is probably better than me. I can't remember if they said we were going to have to wait a couple hours or till the next morning, but it was going to be a decent amount of time. And the one EMT actually looked at me and said, you can take him. Just take him and go. Okay. So we put him in the truck. Off to the stallery we went, where we waited a couple of hours. Um, We got in. They right away kind of said, they're like, well, you know what? We're going to stitch the fingers on and we're going to hope that it works. Okay, well, I will take that. And through this, we're praying, and I should have said as well, as we were driving, I'm texting my family and my friends saying, please pray for Carson, please pray for Carson, please pray for Carson. I already knew that all the family back at the campground was praying for Carson, so I was like, let's just keep this prayer chain going. And we... The next morning we were able to leave, Carson's fingers were stitched back on, everything was looking pretty good at that point, so we're like, okay. We went back to the campground, spent a pretty awesome weekend, he was, you know, biking around and everything, awesome. So we're thinking, okay, we're okay, this is okay. Then Monday morning, I go to do Carson's dressing change and I open it up and the fingertips looked white and wrinkly and not good. And I just about lost it, and so I texted my really good RN friend, Rain, and said, hey, took a picture and sent it to her, I don't know if I need to be freaking out or not, and she's like, do you want me to come over, and I remember saying, "Thank think he texted, like, no, you don't have to, but secretly in the back of my head going, oh, please, Lord, send her here, and she came. She brought some supplies, and she said, you know what, I'm going to the hospital later today and i'm going to set up with the healthcare nurse for you and we're going to get this all figured out sure enough it was just a dressing problem the fingertips were not dead she set it all up for us she prayed with us we got there the health nurse was fantastic we came home we continued to pray over his fingers and you know there was pain there was times of fear stitches coming out that sort of thing that were hard and they're going to be because not every situation is just going to be perfect. But to this day Carson's fingers are perfect. He has full feeling, he has full function, he has everything. (laughs) So what I take from this, there was happy times there were scary times, there were bad times, there were times that I was mad, there was times that I doubted myself, that I was like, why? We have this thing, you know, what? we're camping, you don't have to go in other people's trailers, why did I change my mind that day? But through all of that, in all those feelings, in all those situations, you can pray, and he's there, and he answers, it may not be when we want him to answer, it may not be how we want him to answer, but he does answer, and he is there, and praying continually, it's kind of a handy thing and a very thankful thing to have in your back pocket.
5: Hi guys, my name is Cheyenne, I am the produce manager at the co-op and I also teach youth uh, Bible study here on Wednesday nights. Um, And some only know me as Landon's wife. Um, but I'm actually here through the grace of God. So I moved to Barhead in 2014 at the lowest point in my life, and then I proceeded to go even lower. Um, I was self-centered and as far from godly as I could possibly be, but through a combination of God's will, my parents' guidance, and a lot of hard work, I was able to find the path that God has set out for me. Um, and so when Pastor Bob asked me to speak on 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18, it uh, it um, made me feel very at peace with the with the journey that I've been on so the verses are rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for me for you in Christ Jesus so this passage is from a summary of the entire book of first Thessalonians it's a how to for uh, Christians that are just starting out or perhaps restarting as I was five years ago Uh, verses 17 and 18 highlighted the pillars of my journey from selfishness to godliness Uh, Verse 18, as Hannah talked about, thankfulness is God's will and very, very beneficial for people who uh, need to be contented exactly where they are on their journey. Um, Verse 17, praying continually, as Julie talked about, is uh, God's will and um, very good for all Christians in any walks of life to follow. Uh, Praying continually uh, brings us closer to God. And so these verses gave me a sense of peace and God's will was very clear here. Um, but I couldn't really say the same for verse 16. Uh, despite my happy-go-lucky attitude, I am a realist, and rejoicing always isn't very realistic. Um, so I, I read the verse and struggled with it for about a week. Um, I thought about just ignoring it and talking about a different verse, but um, I couldn't really do that because I did commit to talking today, and it says in verse 18 that it's God's will for me in Christ Jesus. Uh, so I continued to struggle with it and I actually committed to faking it until I could understand what it meant. Uh, So I tried to rejoice daily. I thought about all the things that made me happy um, and it sort of worked but then I couldn't do it anymore. Um, I went to go visit my Oma in the hospital uh, in BC and she didn't look very well at all. Um, She was very ill and so I defaulted to my other two pillars. Um, I prayed continually for her healing, for her comfort. I was praying all the time. I was very thankful that I had gone to take holidays to visit her, and I was thankful for a multitude of other reasons as well, but I couldn't really rejoice. Um, so I went back to struggling with verse 16. And so uh, during my visit, I actually looked up in the dictionary the definition for the word rejoice, just to give me a little bit more understanding. And um, After the primary definitions, I found the archaic use of the word, which is actually to bring joy to. So this gave me something a little bit more tangible that I could work with, um, something I could actually do. Um, So my mom, my sister, and I spent the rest of our visit um, attempting to bring joy to Oma. We brought her chocolates from the specialty store. We sang with her at the women's choir at the assisted living home. And then that's kind of when I started to notice a change. There was still a lot of sadness there, and Oma still didn't look very, very good, but um, she had an exuberance about her that wasn't there before, and I also noticed other things, like my sister, she was uh, starting to laugh and tease Oma, and everyone uh, just kind of seemed a little bit happier, and so I I realized that we were rejoicing, we were sharing in Oma's joy. And so despite the sadness and the fear present in our visit, I was able to find meaning in this verse— and I was able to highlight a third pillar on my journey going forward to godliness. Um, so uh, thanks to this verse, I'm called to give thanks in all circumstances, to pray continually, and to bring joy always. Thank you.
1: Um, And I'm going to have you just come and and join your families right now. Uh, It's not easy being on the platform. You guys have done a fantastic job. Please say thanks to them again as they make their way off. You know, I was thinking, nine weeks ago, I didn't know Shai or Jewel uh, or Jonathan or Darren or Hannah. And now, I sincerely can say that I love them. I appreciate what you said today. You spoke into my life, and you helped me so much. I listened to them all before they shared. We kind of had a bit of a practice and a rehearsal, but you know, there's something very different than putting words on a page and then speaking them from your heart, and you guys spoke from your heart. So thank you so much. If you leaned in and you listened, I think you heard God today. I think if you have questions that you came with or concerns that one of these five individuals said something that connected with you. And whether you're watching online or right here in the house, I think that's the beauty of a faith in God. That's the beauty of a relationship. Because you see, all five people took the same words, and they made it unique to them because they shared about their relationship with Jesus, how they're following God in their lives. And, and that's the beauty of the Bible, that when we read the Bible, we learn how to follow Jesus. And God speaks to us. And he tells us what we need to know in the moment. And that's exactly what each of our five speakers said. So in the moment here today for you, what's God trying to say to you? What's God trying to speak into your life? What of the five individuals who shared with you, what were those words that resonated with you? Those are very important and those are needing to sink in to your life and your heart. Perhaps you're here and you've been a part of Bethel for a long, long time. Or maybe you're new to Bethel. Maybe you've come for a couple of months or maybe even years. Maybe you're watching online today. Maybe you are out of town because you attend Bethel, but you can't be here. Or maybe you've never been to Bethel, but you have fallen in love with this church and the congregation and you've been watching faithfully online. This will be your day, October 13, 2019, to make a decision, just like each of our five speakers, to simply say yes to Jesus. Yes, I want to know you. I want to follow you. I don't want religion or just stuff about going to church one day a week, but I want to have a life that comes from you 24-7 every day of the week, and you can start that right now, right where you're sitting, right where you're sitting at home, and simply just saying, today, God, I want to be serious with you. I want to follow you. I want to follow you, Jesus, as my God and my Savior, and so I say yes, yes to you, And as you do that, again, to make it easy for people at home to let us know, because we'd love to connect with you and help you take next steps after that, there is a word follow that you can text to the number we showed earlier, 780-707-5569. When you text that word to that number, what you're simply saying is this, I've made a personal choice, and I'd like to let someone else in on that. And when we get that, we'll connect back with you to not only pray with you but also help you take next steps and to meet you right where you are, whatever your needs might be. We wanna follow up with that. So simply text the word FOLLOW to 780-707-5569 and and we will connect. I'd like to, um, again, just say thank you to all of our speakers. Would you put your hands together and say thank you one more time for all the effort they put in? Thank you. And I'd also like to say thank you. I believe that Margaret um, put out the decorations here and in the foyer. And that there are other uh, families that are already out in the foyer, in the kitchen. That's more important than the foyer, the kitchen. Uh, They're getting lunch together for us. We're going to go there in a couple of moments. But this is Thanksgiving. And so we wanted to leave our giving to the end of our thanks. And so that's what we're going to do right now. Some of you may have been sitting up there thinking, Pastor Bob, we forgot to take the offering. Uh, No, (laughs) we're just going to put the giving at the end of our thanks today. And so our ushers are going to come and help us right now uh, to do that very thing. Giving is so huge. Uh, God so loved the world that he gave. And if you want to follow after Jesus, you become a giver, and you become generous in what you do. And when you give at Bethel, and you help ministries uh, go forward, whether it's youth, or children, whether it's our worship time, uh, whether it's our, our, our family night, and all the support, when you bring your giving to Bethel, and you do that today, uh, great things happen, and starting today, just so you know, we wanted to make it as, as easy as possible, and convenient, uh, you're now able to give through debit, or credit, at the information desk, so we have a, a terminal, that if you normally do transactions with a debit card or credit card, you can start doing that today at Bethel. Um, Teresa's at the desk. I can see her right now. She'll be able to help you do that. And we just want to make it so that it's um, something very practical for you to do and help Bethel act in a way that you do many times during the course of the week. So um, we want to take a moment and, and pray as well and just pray God's blessing into your lives. So let me lead you. Dear Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for each of the five people that shared from their life. Thank you they chose vulnerability and shared from their hearts, shared from their hurts, their experiences, and shared also about their joy and about their gratitude and about their prayer and about their trust in you. I believe that has helped many, many, many people. So thank you. And Lord, in this moment, we now give back to you from our finances. Uh, And we thank you for the luncheon that is being prepared for us. And also, Lord, we pray that you would help us as we go into the future. We're looking for our next pastor. And we pray that you would help us in taking steps to find that individual, that it would feel right to them and to us as a church family. And so we just lay that out before you on Thanksgiving Sunday, because one day that individual will be on the platform and we'll be able to say thank you for your help and sending someone to shepherd and care and love this congregation. And we pray this, Jesus, in your name for your glory now. Amen.